Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. All right, you got to love Amy, don't you? She's not very big. She's sitting down here, but she's our home run hitter, okay? Uh, night to shine. I mean, she knocked it out of the park, and next week I, I think it'll probably hit a grand slam as we move out into the community. Let me tell you what it's about next week. It's about showing the love of Jesus where we live, work, and play. I want to tell you why we're doing that. You're going to find it in Jeremiah 29 and verse 7. It says, I also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. I don't believe we've been carried into exile here, okay? I'm just going to tell you that right up front. But I, but I do believe that we've been put here for a purpose. And then it says, pray to the Lord for Pray to the Lord for our community, for our neighbors, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So what we're going to be doing next week is helping this community prosper. And when this community prospers, this church prospers and great things happen. So so that's what's happening. In case you don't know, we're the church that is concerned about uh, the poverty in this community. We're the church that is concerned about the racism and prejudice that is rampant. We're the church that is concerned about the spirits of darkness that travel around here. We're the church that is concerned about marriages that are falling apart. But we want to do more than just be concerned. We want to do something about it. So if you haven't signed up, get it done, okay? I'm going to come hunt you down. Not really, but... Uh, we, we, we think this is going to be transformational. Today, we're going to be in Acts, the first chapter, and, and, and uh, the second chapter. You can go ahead and turn there, Acts 1 and 2. And I want to tell you about the sermon in a sentence today. This is what you need to remember. We are to be a transforming community that is transforming our community. We're to be a transforming community that transforms our community. Now, I want you to understand uh, what this is all about. We believe that being a church is a place where transformation happens in our lives. That's why you're here. But we don't believe it's just so that we're transformed. We believe it is so that we go into the community and transform it. So we want to be a transforming community that is transforming community. Let me go ahead and give you the answers to your fill-in-the-blanks today, okay? Transforming community. Both of them, okay? So you can go ahead and write that in. Both of them are transforming community. And you're going to say, well, he's going to repeat himself. Yes, I am. So if you'll just hold on. So we're going to be in Acts 1 and 2, and we're going to learn about being a transforming community where we get transformed and then where we move into the community to transform others. The first thing I want to talk to you about is the transforming community that we are to be as a church, the transformation that needs to happen in us. And Tim already uh, took that from me, but it's this. It's that it can happen through you until it happens to you. It can't happen through you until it happens to you. What that simply means, unless we're transformed ourselves, we can't move into this community and cause it to be transformed. So I'm going to give you six things that will bring transformation in your life. It brought transformation in the early church. They're all right there in Acts 1 and 2. And I'm, going to give you, I'm going to give you six things that will transform your life, and then I'm going to tell you how we're going to move out and transform this community. The first thing that will transform your life is what I would simply call meaningful relationships. Meaningful relationships. If you go to Acts 1, you see that there are the 12, those that had been with Jesus, and then there was about another 120. 
Okay, and, and what is happening there is that there is this meaningful relationship that they have. They challenge each other. They are there to encourage each other. They help each other grow. In fact, we're told about this in Proverbs, the 27th chapter, in verse 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. What happens in all of this is that we get sharper, we get better. Why? Because we're in meaningful relationships. If you've been around here very long, you know that. You know we talk about this all the time. Time, because we want everybody to be in some sort of meaningful relationship. That could be a small group. That could be a serving group. That could be a men's group. That could be a women's group. It could be over at Kudzu with our college ministry. But we know that if you're going to change, if you're going to have the transformation in your life, it's going to be because you have some people that are helping you move in that way. The second thing that will bring transformation is prayer. Prayer. When we begin to pray, God begins to move and God begins to work. When we begin to pray, and we, if you were to go into the book of Acts and just the first few chapters, you're going to see them praying like crazy. They pray about everything. When they pray, the Holy Spirit comes. When they pray, people are healed. When they pray, the, the church changes directions. When they pray, they release the power of God. And when they prayed, they released the Holy Spirit and things began to happen. I will make you this promise. If you will get down on your knees and you will pray, transformation will begin to happen with you. And you know what is even better is if you do that with a group of people that you're in a meaningful relationship with, it will change your life. Uh, for Kathy and I, we're in a small group, and I got to tell you, we were praying. We were praying last Sunday night about a young lady in Nepal, and about the time we were praying, the government allowed her to go and have the treatment that she needed. I'm just telling you, prayer transforms things, okay? It works. Third thing. The third thing is simply the Holy Spirit. You begin to read the book of Acts, and the book of Acts is crazy because the Holy Spirit, it's really the gospel of the Holy Spirit. And we don't like to talk about the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you why? Because we can't put him in a box and we can't explain him, okay? The Holy Spirit is going to do what the Holy Spirit is going to do when he wants to do it, and he's not going to ask permission. And on the day of Pentecost, there was a crazy thing that happened. They needed to hear God's word, but there were people from all different countries, they spoke different languages. And what happens is the Holy Spirit comes and, and, and they heard in the languages that they understood. Okay, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. But if we were to continue to look in the book of Acts, what we would see in the book of Acts is that the Holy Spirit continues to remove obstacles and remove barriers. He removed the obstacle of language. Later, when the Jewish people said, we don't want the Gentiles to be in the church, he removed that barrier and the Gentiles were allowed to come. When they needed signs and wonders, the Holy Spirit came and did it. When they needed healing, the Holy Spirit came and did it. When they needed to know the direction that the church should go in, the Holy Spirit came and directed them. Now, I'm just telling you, when the Holy Spirit gets loose, the Holy Spirit's going to do what he wants to do, and he will transform your life. What it is, is the Holy Spirit is God that comes to live in us, and it changes us, and it gives us the power in our lives, and it allows us to move into communities. It allows us to go with God's power. So you have these meaningful relationships, and you began to pray, the Holy Spirit has come, and then the fourth thing that will help bring transformation in your life is simply the Word of God. The Word of God. It, this isn't just any book, folks. This is, this is called the Sword of God. It, it, it is a powerful book. And, and as I was studying, one of the things that impressed me so much about it, I began to read about these guys that, that would study to disprove God's Word. 
Guys like Josh McDowell, Lee Strobel, C.S. Lewis. And when they began to look into God's Word and they began to read it, it began to change them from the inside out. It began to transform their lives. Instead of preaching against God, now they're preaching for God. Why? Because there's power in this. And I will tell you, I cannot tell you about all the transformations that has happened in my life when I've gotten into God's Word and when it began to get into my life and that it actually changed me. The Word of God changes people. Now, can I tell you, if I'm in a meaningful relationship in a group and we're studying God's Word and we're praying and the Holy Spirit is getting loose, some things are beginning to happen now, okay? So, so that's why this is so very important. The transformation is in us. The fifth thing that will happen is, is what we would call repentance. Repentance. The Holy Spirit has gotten loose and the Word of God has gotten loose and, and, and they, they were praying and what they finally decided is, hey, we've messed up here. And in fact, what Peter does, he preaches this incredible sermon. They hear it in their own language and they're able to understand it. And what they understand once they hear that sermon is that they had just killed the Son of God. And so we're going to go to Acts 2 and, and, and verse 37. And this is what it says. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, okay? They, they felt something. That's the Holy Spirit convicting them. And they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They're, they're ready to get something done. They're convicted here. And then Peter replied, repent, okay? That's a change of direction. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you what happened? They're headed this direction. They realized that they had killed Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And when the Holy Spirit came and when the Word of God spoke to their hearts, they realized they were headed in the wrong direction, and they turned around and started moving in the right direction. That's all repentance is. It's when we know that we are moving in the wrong direction, then we turn and we begin to move in the right direction. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of God's Word, and it gets in us, and it changes us. But then the sixth thing that will bring transformation, we find it there too, is, is obedience. What happened is Peter says, you guys need to repent and be baptized. And you know what 3,000 of them did? They were baptized. That's obedience. When God says to do something and we obey, there will be a transformation that comes through our lives. The, the, this idea of baptism, let me just tell you about it in case you don't understand. Baptism is when we say, God, I'm all in. I'm going to make a public declaration that I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be done with my old way of life. In fact, it's going to be buried under those waters when I'm dunked under there. And I'm going to rise up to be a new person following you. I believe it is one of the huge steps that we take when we follow Jesus. It is a step of obedience that brings about the transformation that needs to happen in our lives. So, so that's obedience. And when we obey, it really changes things. In fact, I want you to see this uh, from uh, Matthew 7. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears, who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. That's obedience, okay? Let me tell you. You hear it and then you do it. That's obedience. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. If you have a house, you have security. If you have a house, you have peace. If you have a house, you have protection. And so when we talk, start talking about that, 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 that's a transformation that is in our life. And we stop worrying about things. But it comes from obedience. Now, I hope you caught on here that if we want the transformation in our life, that it's a pretty simple thing. It happens, why? Because I, I'm, I'm in meaningful relationships with people who are helping me to grow. It means that I'm praying. It means I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to work. I am in God's Word. I am repenting when I get headed in the wrong direction. And I am hearing God and I'm putting it into practice. 
And it brings transformation in our lives. I want to explain that transformation to you by looking at a verse in Ezekiel 11th chapter. Ezekiel 11 says this, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. I have a stone up here. It is hard. I can't crush it. I could throw it at you and maybe hit some of you guys in the head. It might break. I don't know. Some of y'all are hard-headed, I think, but I'm not looking at any of you guys in particular out here. But, you know, it is hard. Can I tell you what? If your heart is like this, your heart is absolutely useless. Right now, if I could get into your chest and I felt your heart and it was hard, I would know that it's not pumping blood. It would be of no use. But let's talk about it spiritually. Sometimes our hearts get hard spiritually. Let me explain that to you. I'm going to ask you two questions, and it will tell about the condition of your heart. The first question is this. Does your sin bother you? Does your sin bother you? If you're sitting there and you say, God, I'm going to do what I want when I want. I don't care about what you have to say. Then can I tell you, you've got a heart of stone, spiritually dead. Second question is that when you see somebody else that's hurting, when you see somebody else that's headed in the wrong direction, when you see somebody else that, that, that their life is crushed, does it move you? If it doesn't move you, you've got a heart of stone. Now, that's a dangerous place to be. But, but I want to tell you this right now. It's a dangerous place to be, but you're in the right place today because my God specializes in transforming hearts of stone and turning them into hearts to flesh so that we care enough about the world that we'll move outside of the comfort of our buildings and our homes to help others. That's the transformation that happens. Now, we we said it earlier, it can't happen through you until it happens to you. But, But I want you to see this. When God wants to do a great work through you, he will do a great work in you. So what I've been talking about up to this point is the transforming community that this church is to be to help you make the transformations in your life, to help me make the transformations in my life so that we can be useful to God and that he can do a great work through us because he's done a great work in us. So we're going to shift gears now and we're going to talk about transforming community. Didn't we just talk about that? Yes. But now we want to talk about the transforming community that we become and how we go into the community to transform. We're going to go to Acts 2 and, and, and verse 42. And, and I want us to see this because as we look at this, we're going to see how the transformation happens in us and happens in other people. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's the word of God right there. And to fellowship. That's the meaningful relationships. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. That they met together to eat sometimes. And sometimes it was for the Lord's Supper. And to pray. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. That's the Holy Spirit working right there in an amazing way. And then it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. That's meaningful relationships where they're meeting the needs and helping other people. It says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Okay, that, that's meeting needs there. Every day they, can needed, they continued to meet together in temple courts. Uh, that's meaningful relationships. They broke bread in their homes. Now, they're taking it to the streets. It's not just about coming to a building like this. They're going into people's homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Do you catch what's going on there? 
Lives were being transformed, and then those transformed lives were moving into the community. What they were doing was they were praising God. They weren't telling anybody about how sinful they were or how bad they were. They were telling everybody about how good God is. That's how you transform a community. You don't go and tell a community how bad it is. You go and tell a community how good God is, and that is what will bring the transformation. So I'm going to give you four things right now. So we're going to go through this quickly. Four things. And you're going to say, I think you're repeating yourself, Mike. Okay, but that's all right. I am. The first thing that will transform a community is meaningful relationships. Okay? We've got meaningful relationships with people in the church. But what we need to do is move out and form meaningful relationships with other people. Because relationships are the bridge that the gospel travels. I develop a relationship with you. And you know what happens then? I can share Jesus with you. I, I can tell you about how good he is. I can tell you about how wonderful he is. And so I, I let that, that relationship become a bridge. I, I like what it says in Mark 12. I mean, this is what Jesus said. They've asked him, what's the most important command? And he says, the most important one, Jesus answers, is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. If we love our neighbors as ourselves, what we will do is we will show the love of Jesus to them. And we will show the love of Jesus to them where we live, work, and play. So what we're doing is we're building these meaningful relationships with those people that are in our community. We build them with our friends and we build them with our neighbors. We build them with our coworkers and we build them with our enemies. And as we build them, what we're doing is building bridges where the, the message of Jesus can be shared. And that's what changes a community. The second thing that will, will bring about transformation in community is what I would simply call powerful prayer and the Word of God. Powerful prayer and the Word of God. Now you're going to say, didn't you just say that? Absolutely. The same thing that changes us will change this community. I believe that the powerful word of God, when we begin to share it with others, will bring about change. Uh, about two months ago, we did a thing called Married People here at Northridge. And it was on a Sunday night. We had a lot of couples here. And there were people from outside the church. And why were they here? Because we were applying the word of God to marriages and helping marriages get better. Okay, And marriages were being transformed. This community was being transformed. Why? Because we took the powerful word of God. Why? Because the team that had put it together had prayed and people came from outside the church and inside the church. Why? Because God's word is powerful and it transforms. In a few weeks, uh, Elaine will be starting the well back. And the well on May 16th is a place for people that, that maybe need a better way to do life. And what happens there is they apply God's word to their life and transformation happens. They get together in, in meaningful relationships and they encourage each other. And people come from all over to come and be a part of that. Why? Because the word of God is powerful because they will be prayed for and transformation will happen. In the fall, we're gonna do Financial Peace University. Can I tell you about Financial Peace University? It's where we're gonna apply the word of God. Why? Because it's powerful to our finances and we're gonna get peace about our finances. We're gonna to begin to understand how God can work in our finances and how we can have more than enough and enough to share without ever getting anything more. It's pretty amazing. 
You see, when we're in meaningful relationships and we begin to build relationships with others, then we can share God's word with them. We can pray for them and we can begin to see the transformation happen. The number three thing that needs to happen if we're going to transform this community is simply meeting needs. Meeting needs. Now, I got to tell you, when you read this passage in Acts, it's a little scary. Why is it scary? Because it says they sold their possessions. Would we be willing to sell the things that we don't need so that others might have what they need? Wow. That's pretty hard, isn't it? But that's really all we're going to be doing next week is we're going to be meeting needs. We're going to be going out to this community, and we're going to be showing the love of Jesus. Now, you've heard this before. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so what we're going to do next week is we're going to tell this community we care, but we're going to do more than tell it. We're going to show it. And when they know that we care, when they know that the hands and feet of Jesus cares, when they know that the church, the body of Christ cares, can I tell you what? They'll be ready to open up their ears and hear the message about Jesus. Why? Because he will know that they will know that he loves them. It's that simple. You see, the meaningful relationships that we built has allowed us to share the word and to meet the needs, and now they're ready to hear about Jesus. And then the fourth thing that I'm going to tell you that we're going to be doing next week is we're just going to be taking it to the streets, folks. That's what we're going to do. We're going to move out of this building, and we're going to go out into this community. And what we will do during that time is that we will be the hands and feet of Jesus, showing the love of Jesus where we live, work, and play to our enemies, to our friends, to our neighbors. We're going to show it all over the place. Now, let me tell you how that happens. It happens because we're transformed. We have the power of God in us, and then we can move into this community to transform. I like what it says in Acts 5, in verse 42. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, you see where it is? They, they were here in the temple courts, and then they were in the houses. They were moving out into the streets, and they, they never stopped teaching. They never stopped proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Okay? They talked about how good he is, not how bad we are. And that's what it takes if we're going to transform this community. So I talked to you about the transformation that needs to happen in us. It's not going to happen through us until it happens to us. God can do a great work through us when he does a great work in us. And so we take care of our lives and we get transformed. And then next week we're going to move out and get transformed. Now, I just want you to understand this, folks, is that, that when the people of God, that's us, when the people of God will begin to pray and begin to let God's power be released in our life and in this community, it can transform it. It will do incredible things. I want you to understand when the people of God say to the Holy Spirit, come and possess me. Come and possess me. Can I tell you what's going to happen? He's going to get our, we're going to get his power in us. And then we're going to be able to move into this community and, and make a difference and, and help them. When, when we as the people of God say, you know what, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to turn and go the right way. When we become obedient and we begin to move with God, what will happen in our lives is that we will be an unstoppable army that can move into this community and do a great thing for our king. And he will receive the glory. When we as the people of God get up out of our seats and move out of these these comfortable buildings, can I tell you what will happen? When we do that, we can go into this community and we can make a transformation that will happen. When we as the people of God begin to understand God's word has commanded that we go, when we begin to understand that God has empowered us to go, when we have commanded that God has opened the door for us to go, and we become obedient and do it, can I tell you what? It changes everything. And this community will be changed. 
when we are transformed and we allow ourselves to move into this community as the transforming agents of God. Would you pray with me? Father, it's an awesome responsibility that you've given us, but you've also empowered us. Father, today I'm praying for every single person in this room that the power of the Holy Spirit will come and and that, that, that they will sense the power that is there, maybe the power to convict their hearts. But Father, we need that power because we want to be your people in this community. We need to have our lives transformed so that we can be transformers in this community. So Father, speak to us right now about our hearts. Speak to us about our lives. And help us to be willing to say, Lord, we want your spirit to possess us. Lord, we want to be obedient. We want to go. We want to see this community change like never before. So, Father, we we come. We offer ourselves to you to be your agents to transform this community for your glory. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. I don't know about your heart, but I know it can be just as hard as this rock. Great news is that today you can say, here, Lord, here's my heart. Take it and change it. Take it and change it. And what God does is he turns it into a heart of flesh, a heart that will make you concerned that your life should be a reflection of his glory, a a, a heart that will have the power of God in it so that you can move into this community and be a transforming agent, a heart that will, 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 will break when you see somebody that is living their life in the way that isn't right, a heart that will break when you see people that are, that are suffering. And I know this, that if you're willing today to say, Lord, and we're going to sing this in just a minute, here's my heart, and you offer to him, God can do amazing things in you and in this community. Why? Because we've simply said, Lord, here's my heart, take it. I'm going to be up front. There will be other people up front. If you need prayer today, if you need your heart to, to, to be a heart of flesh, I would love to pray with you. If you've heard about baptism for the first time, you want to do that. We've already done that once today. I'd love to do it. 30, 40, 50. How many people we got in here? We can do it, okay? And, and this is what it is about. It's about allowing God to change us so that we can change this community. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at